Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. I will be joined by Catherine Wild, who's the president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City, which is a business group uh, representing a lot of the city's largest businesses and corporations. And the Partnership for New York City has a new report out about how very devastated the New York City economy is and what to do about it. And so Catherine Wild has been president and CEO of the Partnership for New York City for quite a while. She's an expert on economic development and, and the economy, and she will talk with us about that new assessment, that new report, and what she and the partnership want to see from New York City, from New York State, from the federal government to help the New York City economy rebound when we have somewhere in the vicinity of 20 to 25 percent unemployment in New York City, which is really almost unimaginable at this point, given that a year ago, unemployment in New York City was under 4%. I think even as of February, it was somewhere around that same 38 3.9, 4% unemployment. And all of a sudden, of course, the world changed, a public health epidemic, and then the fallout from the necessitated closure of the economy, the contraction, the layoffs, uh, just a tragedy built upon a tragedy. And so we are now seeing a devastated economy in New York City and, of course, across the state and the country. And I'm happy to be joined by Kathy Wild now. Kathy, it's good to talk to you. Thank you. Uh, so appreciate appreciate the time here. This is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette, of course, on, here on Max and Murphy without Murphy. Uh, Jared Murphy is off today. But um, – oh. The, the partnership for New York City is uh, has put out a new report. Um, folks can find it on your website if they're interested. But why don't you take us through, why don't we chunk it up a little bit, but take us through a little bit of the initial assessment of where the city economy is right now. So I think that everybody's been focused on what's on the health crisis for the past five months and that we've had a lot of attention to that less so on the economic challenges that we face. It was a lot easier to close down the economy than it is to restart it, as we're finding out. And it's important that we uh, we think about seriously what has changed, what are the new economic realities. I mean, for a couple decades, we've seen uh, general growth in the city's population, in the, uh, in the economy, uh, Job numbers were the highest ever in, uh, uh, in January of, uh, of this year. And suddenly we find ourselves having lost potentially a million jobs, having a 20% unemployment rate that uh, matches depression era, uh, era numbers. And we've got, um, we had basically seven times the economic impact of 9-11. So this is a, and it's going to go on a lot longer. That was, that was relatively short term uh, in terms of the economic consequences. This is going to go on for a while. So I think what we're trying to do is lay out how serious the situation is, that it is something that we as New Yorkers can deal with because we have to, but we're going to have to uh, think very differently about how we approach a lot of the problems, starting with the fact that the government, state and local are broke 
And so mm. we're going to have to be a lot more dependent on working together to solve problems with private sector investment alongside uh, what the government can do. Speaking of the city and state uh, governments being broke here, you and the members of your organization, the Partnership for New York City, of course, also um, have uh, federal relationships, federal interests, um, talk with federal officials. Do you have any sense, any insight as to whether New York State and New York City will be seeing some of the budgetary relief that the governor and the mayor have been seeking from the federal government? We're confident that Stimulus 4, which hopefully will pass in the next 10 days, uh, that Stimulus 4 from the federal government will include funding for state and local government. It's unclear how prescriptive that funding is going to be. I mean, we are hoping it's as broad as possible in terms of making up for the tax losses and the expenditures that both the state and city have incurred over $37 billion over the next uh Fiscal two fiscal years is uh, is going to be the cost at least, um, and that doesn't include the MTA, which is another eight or nine billion. The Port Authority is at least three billion. So mm-hmm. we've got huge numbers, and the question is, how flexible will the federal funding be to apply to where the where the priority needs are? Mm-hmm. And and so um we'll obviously be be waiting and watching closely on that as you and uh and your members and and many others continue to try to implore the federal government to make some of that happen um you you write in the new report that business leaders um are are fairly confident that New York City will remain uh, a leading financial and commercial center um, but it will be difficult to attract and retain talent until people trust that the city is healthy and secure and welcoming. Talk a little bit more about that. I mean, what do you see as the climate there? And and is there any perverse way that the explosion of the virus across the country is in some ways helpful to New York right now in terms of when, you know, when New York was going so badly that people <laughs> were, were yeah. fleeing? Um, there's yeah. not really no, I, I, right absolutely. We wouldn't worse, wish it on our worst enemy, right. but Florida. Okay. Um, it's right. uh, the, uh, at the beginning, New York was really in bad shape. We were the epicenter. We had like 28% of the world's deaths at one point at the end of March, beginning of April. I mean, we were, uh, we were the, we have the worst numbers of any place in the world including Italy. Today, uh, we look like we know what we're doing. Uh, We've, uh, as the governor keeps uh, pointing out with his charts, et cetera, we have uh, flattened and uh, basically contained the virus better than almost any place in the country, certainly here. And so that, that has helped in terms of showing that uh, New York is, uh, we know how to manage our way out of a crisis. I think that's been very positive, but there are still deep concerns. The polling shows that this summer, we're only gonna see fewer than 10% of employees come back to the office. There are about a million to office workers in Manhattan. Uh, so we don't expect them back, and and our surveys are that they probably won't be back 
in real numbers, certainly not more than half of them until after the first of the year. So that's an indication. And, and if there's another outbreak, the numbers may be worse. They're concerned about the schools. They're concerned about transit safety. They're concerned about will New Yorkers wear masks? Will they abide by the six-foot social distancing protocols? Uh, those are big issues. I don't think people have taken that seriously enough at this point. Um, it's like a lot of people kind of put the virus, the fear of the virus to bed and they're going on with their lives. We can't do that as, uh, as the experience of other states and countries has shown, we have to continue to be serious and diligent and people won't trust coming back until they're sure that New Yorkers are going to be very responsible. They don't want to get on a subway train and see that even 10 or 20% of the, of the riders in their car don't have masks on. They want everybody to be paying attention. And, and, and say, say more about what, what, what business leaders, especially, and especially the, the leaders of larger businesses in the city, um, you know, we on this show have, have talked about, you know, small business crisis, and we'll talk about it more. But in terms of the larger businesses that you're often working with, um, what are the biggest concerns from, for, from those business leaders' perspectives in terms of trying to reopen their offices, uh, maybe bring part of their workforces back on the payroll or whatever it might be. What are some of the biggest concerns that they want to see from government leaders? Well, the largest uh, concern on all their minds is the health of their employees and that they their employees come back uh, to a building that is clean and sanitary and they've uh, invested in making that happen, that the uh, that their commute is safe and secure and that uh, the laws uh, and uh, and mandates about uh, masks and social distancing are being enforced. Uh, they are concerned about security issues in the city. If, if there's a possibility of civil unrest or if, um, I know, you know, after the, uh, after some of the looting of, and some of the retail areas, uh, major employers were concerned about their employees being in physical danger and, and wondering about that. Fortunately, that pretty much um, calmed down, but I can't say that the number of shootings and the other about their people being safe and they're worried about the city being able to unite and use our energies in constructive ways together to, to try and solve the problems ahead. Uh, obviously, the question about how solid is the online learning program in the schools and can their employees have their kids in public schools and feel comfortable they're getting a good education. That's a huge issue and one that we're focused on trying to trying to address. So I think um, and, and they're anxious to be helpful. You know, the economy kept going uh, because the financial industry, the professional services, the lawyers, the accountants, the media industry, big business, global business had been this before, been through this before. They were through this in Asia with uh, the SARS epidemic, and now again they were uh, they were they experienced the pandemic in Asia and Europe before it got here. So they were relatively well prepared. They were prepared to switch to remote work very quickly. And they did that and have um, basically their folks have stayed employed. They've kept their jobs and they've continued to function and kept our financial system and our economy going. 
They mm-hmm. they recognize, however, that the small business community has been devastated, retail services, restaurants, and that the what attracts all their young employees to New York City is this social gathering and the opportunities for a uh, a social life in the city for public gatherings, for cultural institutions. So there's a great deal of concern about bringing back the rest of the city and the economy in the neighborhoods where many of their employees live and, and their kids go to school. So there's a lot of concern about small business and a lot of the focus of attention is on what do we do to help small business, whether it's some kind of advanced purchasing, whether it's making sure they have uh, the technology they need to function online for those that uh, that don't have that capacity. So that's a that's a big area of concern as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a perfect segue into some of the recommendations um, for in in the new Partnership for New York City report. Um, you are the partnership is committed to organizing um, leaders around small business uh, restarts and survival and and help there. And then there's other pieces to the equation, too. You also mentioned, of course, the healthcare in the city. You mentioned education. um, But but within those, are there certain things that you particularly want to see that need to really be starting right now that aren't starting yet? Yes, well, we are starting, we're working with the City Economic Development Corporation and a number of other private institutions and the borough chambers of commerce and economic development groups to set up a clearinghouse of resources for small business to to organize the kind of support they need, whether it's access to capital or technical assistance or lawyers. Um, so that is being set up uh in the very near term and as is well underway. So that's, that's one thing that's, that's taking place in the, and will be highly visible in the next couple of weeks. So that's, that's one piece on the education front. The idea there is how do we, uh, you know, New York has a strong education technology cluster. We've got a lot of expertise here. Uh, it hasn't done much work with the department of education or with CUNY. So, it's there's kind of been a crash course. Google set up Google a classroom a platform, the Google Classroom, uh, set up a platform uh, as the COVID began, so that the education of the Department of Education could switch quickly to uh, to that framework. Another number of other uh, local companies uh, have participated in supporting. That effort, Altice, Verizon, Charter have all rolled out free or low cost, uh, very low cost service to the families that did, uh, did not have access to online education where there were students involved. So there's a lot that started in terms of public private efforts. We think that has to be institutionalized. We have to take that much more seriously because we need a robust quality, uh, online education program that dovetails with what's going on in the classrooms as they reopen, but only at 50% or less occupancy. So, um, so we think in general on all, on all fronts that we have to break down some of the silos that exist between, uh, government and business between, um, and, and between the private and public sectors and try and, 
get as robust a relationship as we can around working together on solving some of these problems. We hope that's a that's a positive opportunity uh, on all sides going forward. And I guarantee you, the private sector, the business leadership of the city, there is nothing they want more than for New York City to work. It's mm-hmm. been a wonderful platform for business in a global economy. It's been a wonderful place to attract talent. I mean, in the last five years, we've seen, you know, 10 years ago, you said, well, we couldn't get a software engineer to move here from San Francisco. Well, in the last five years, that's changed dramatically. And we've got people moving from all over the world to come to New York. We've got to restore that confidence. And that's what makes our economy work. It's what makes our universities great. Uh, We've got to bring all that back. And we're going to have to work very hard together to do that. Last minute here, I wanted to ask you um, what you just mentioned. There's some pieces in the in the report around housing and child care. We won't get to those now, but those are, of course, huge concerns for people and, and important parts of the economy as well. Um, but I want to ask you in the last minute we have about about taxes. And it seems like, um, you know, as we're talking here, we've seen all of these uh, insurgent left wing candidates win a bunch of primaries in the in the most recent elections in the state. And and there's a lot of calls in those races about raising taxes on the, the highest income earners. Uh, Partnership for New York City is obviously has been opposed to that. Where do you think that conversation is headed? Well, I hope it's headed in a constructive direction. I think all of us recognize that uh, tax revenues are important. But at the same time, if you raise taxes on billionaires, they're not coming back. So you will end up losing the money that they're currently paying, which is substantial. The top 1% of taxpayers in the city pay 40% of the income taxes. Mm-hmm. And not very many of them have to decide that they want to stay in Florida or wherever they are, where the taxes are zero, uh, on uh, their income taxes are zero. Not very many of them have to decide to stay where they where they have been for the last five months in many cases. Have you seen, yeah, have you uh, seen that? So, I was going to ask if you've seen a, a large number of high-income individuals that you think are out of the city and, and not coming back. Is that something you, you think yeah, is already? Yeah, the, the, the estimate is about 5% of the city population or about 450,000 people have left the city for the duration. Most mm-hmm. of those are higher income people who have second homes and, and alternate locations. Some of them are young people who went to stay with their parents because they didn't want to renew an expensive lease. But the point is, a lot of people with resources, a lot of people that we need in New York City who are the source of investment, the source of philanthropy, uh, supporting our uh, public and private institutions, and a big source of taxes. They have choices. We have to uh, we have to have a city where they feel welcome, and they and their contribution is appreciated. And demonizing them and suggesting that somehow uh, they're forced to live here is uh, is a mistake and will hurt all of us. Well, we probably won't be seeing much movement on that conversation since the, the state budget was uh, sealed and done uh, right around April 1st, but it'll be something to watch in the future. And we'll, of course, look forward to talking with you more. Thank you, Kathy Wild, President and CEO of the Partnership for New York City. Appreciate the time and uh, be healthy, be well. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having okay. me on. Talk to you soon. This is Ben Max signing off for Max and Murphy. Take care.